everyone. Welcome back to our interview with Robin Tamanaha, part two. Let's jump right in. Robin, I'm so excited to hear about the Asian American and Pacific Islander Consultation Group for Therapists. Can you tell us a little bit about the origins of that and what it looks like now? Yeah, I love it. it this is one of those things where um, I had a hard time finding it, so I just started it. Essentially, yes. is what I did. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> Essentially, so I started um, network. I mean, with private practice, I network a lot, and um, I found more and more like Asian American Pacific Islander therapists actually throughout the um, the country. I thought, what if I just start a group? And and two, this was also based off of like what I needed. I think too, like yeah. I really wanted this, and so. I spoke with all of them and I kind of sent like sent out an email like, okay, if I, you know, start a group, would anybody join that? Like, yeah. So within two weeks, um, I had put it together. And so it started in February. It's still going. It's once a month. It's like the first Monday of every month for 90 minutes via video. And a bunch of us therapists, Asian American Pacific Island, just get together and we talk, you know, and it's clinical, sometimes businessy too. I know one, we got in Hawaii. Seattle, Colorado. I think we also have one in New York. I mean, we're just, and I'm in California, so we're dispersed throughout. And it's been wonderful actually to really, really uh, connect with other Asian American Pacific Islander therapists. And those that I may not necessarily see like in real life um, because we're dispersed throughout the country. And so it's still going. I love it. Um, And it's still something, I think that is probably one of the most um, supportive supportive things that I've been doing um, throughout the pandemic as a therapist, especially in private practice, it can be very isolating. And it was before the pandemic, you know, and then the pandemic happens and like, I'm just by myself all the time, you know, so it was cool because it's like another way for me to build connection and community. I think that was a value that I didn't know was so big for me until the pandemic happened, which was being connected to others and having a sense of community. That's what came out of it. So I'm like, well, here's one way for me to do that, you know, with others. That's so cool. I'm a big fan of like, if you can't find it, make it. Yeah. I mean, it's just such a, it's just a cool thing that, that you started with. Uh, Robin, for folks that are maybe, you know, not recognizing that the pain of loss of community is not what they're experiencing. Can you just talk about the benefits of community, especially like what you notice with this group too? I mean, we're talking, so Asian American and Pacific Islander or AAPI as we're seeing it like more in um, our lexicon too. What are some of the needs that you're noticing for folks? I think one, it's interesting. A lot of us are us API therapists are kind of in this unique position. I think those like, I'm a child of the eighties, um, you know, so in a sense, we're doing something that are, that's different, like very non-traditional job. You know, I think um, even me, I have family members who literally do not understand what I do. <laughs> um, so that also is isolating, you know, and there aren't that many. I mean, I know there are overall API therapists, but I, every time I find one, I'm like, Hey, like, like, so like, like <laughs> excited. So it's just really nice to connect with others that kind of understand in a general sense, like the uniqueness of being an API therapist, which is kind of weird sometimes. And then too, like with our client base, which a lot of us do have uh, clients who are also API. I know for me, it encompasses probably 80% of my caseload is API, you know, so the things that they're coming in with are 
are pretty unique, you know, in some ways. And so to be able to discuss it with other therapists, AAPI therapists is nice. And even the little intricacies, because within the API, there's actually a lot of differences. Like there's similarities, but there's differences. So it is nice if like, you know, maybe I have a client who may not necessarily be Japanese American. They identify, you know, with something else. Then I have a therapist who ha- who is who does identify with that, and they can also help bounce ideas off of me, you know, or like talk with me a little bit more in depth about things that I may actually not necessarily not know about. So it's still um, it's still helpful in in that sense. Where although I'm API, like I don't know everything, you know. I think even um, with my Japanese American clients, generationally, there's a, there's actually some huge differences in experiences too. So it's just really nice. Um, and then just to talk in general with other people, I think is nice. It's also how my podcast got started too. I was like, I just want to talk to people. <laughs> yep. Us too. <laughs> well, we, we have loved giving interviews to people all across the country. And it sounds like there are, you know, some, some surprises you're running into as far as just different experiences. So what are some differences you think between and this could be AIPI or just like therapists in general that you're encountering on your podcast too. Like what are some differences between therapists across the country? I mean, we're talking, we're talking Hawaii. We're talking about a lot of different lands here, a lot of different spaces and places here. Yeah. There's a lot of things. I mean, um, at least me and the API therapists, I know, like we're all different generations too. You know, I'm more like third, fourth generation, depending on which parent I'm looking at. And, um, but then I know therapists who are first gen. So their parents, you know, were not born here or the whole, I know some were 1.5 generation. They came here when they were like toddler age, they were born, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere else. And then they came here, or I even know a therapist who was actually came here as an international student. So that was fascinating to hear all the, you know, that, and then, yeah, like geographically, like Hawaii, like my, so my dad was born and raised on Oahu and like, mm-hmm. so my dad's side, they're all, all in Hawaii and a lot of Asians, you know, for the most part, as opposed to elsewhere, let's say if there's a therapist in more like the more of like a remote part of like America, you know what I mean? It's going to be, you know, vastly different and experiences, um, which is super helpful to know, you know? So it's interesting. It's kind of like when I, when I think back to, I remember like when I was first do, getting like clinical like group consult supervision you know with others and that was my first experience where I was like okay this is kind of neat because we're all have come from different backgrounds and even different licenses like within the, the AAPI group I run there's a psychologist there's social worker there's marriage family therapist you know so it's kind of interesting too because we all come from different lenses and I feel like that is like provides like a wealth of information too and like kind of what they're drawing upon, like with their clients too. So there's just so, so many things that that answers the question. That was a very long Yeah, absolutely. It was incredibly broad and you answered it beautifully, <laughs> which is no surprise. And that's what Joanna and I have run into with this show too. I mean, interviewing folks that are, you know, maybe only like, I mean, we're in the Northeast, so states are like very like smooshed together. But if we're talking to folks in like, the very north of the Midwest, just this complete like day-to-day routine that I just have no concept of that we just like truly like can't understand completely. Um, we had someone on the show, 
I guess like our first year talking about needing to put like a generator on top of her car in the winter to warm it up to get it started. And I was like, I have no idea what that's like. And that's just regionally. So this yeah. reminder that we have so many different intersecting parts of us that are just going to make our experience and our perception of that experience different is that's yeah. it's so cool. I'm, I can imagine that you had so many folks that were in need of that support, just like you were, that were just like, thank you for this. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like even like, I don't even know if I brought it up, but like even me becoming a therapist, like that wasn't planned at all. Really? Like, no, the short story <laughs> yes. is like, so I was actually going to do public health. That would have been very interesting during this pandemic. Absolutely. I got accepted to health and human services program in Monterey. So I went to school in Monterey in NorCal. Okay. Um, but I was an office assistant for a therapist who owned her own private practice here in Orange County. And I just had office jobs. And so I didn't think of anything of it when I went on this interview. And it just mm-hmm. so happened to be for a therapist in private practice. So that was actually my introduction to therapy. Cause I didn't know people went to therapy. It didn't happen in my family. It didn't happen with the people that I knew. I didn't know it was okay to reach out. So then I'm taking like calls for people wanting to schedule a couples therapy. And she was also a certified sex therapist. So that was kind of my window. And I'm like, Oh, didn't know. And so that kind of planted the seed for me. I mm-hmm. moved forward with the public health program. And then I first semester in, I'm like, ah, this isn't for me. Not super interested. And what always stuck in the back of my mind was working for that therapist in private practice where I'm like, I want to do that because I didn't know that people did reach out for help. And clearly a lot of people do. She was working Monday through Friday, had clients eight to five. She was packed. Mm. And so I'm hearing this all the time, people calling in for help. And I'm like, you could do that. So, and then I was borrowing all her books and everything. So I'm like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do private practice and I'm going to help people who may not necessarily know that it's okay to reach out for help, or maybe it's their first time. And a lot of my clients are first time clients, especially the, the AAPI ones. They're mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to give this a go. Cause I can't take it anymore. You know? So I, it's, it's interesting how, like, I think for me, a lot of things, whether it was that or bipolar disorder, now I'm specializing in OCD too. Like it's become quite like organic and how it's mm-hmm. just like transformed come about it's very interesting but yeah none of this was planned like at all (laughs) i love this origin story thank you so much for sharing that's so cool and i love this image of you answering phones and being like this is a bunch of normal people calling and just wanting to feel better like what (laughs) yeah yeah i thought it was so fascinating and to see a woman who was her own boss i'm like that's pretty cool and an entrepreneur i'm like you could do that because everybody in my family just as an employee, you know, that's not really something, especially not, not the women, especially. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking about what you said about and no one in your family understanding what it was. And I, and I like have some people understand, but they're like, I understand, but I don't trust you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <sighs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I was reflecting about like, you know, for the holidays, I'm going to be seeing people I don't normally see. And they're going to be like, how's your... And you're like, it's going good. Yep. <laughs> that silence. It's so, yeah. That's a direct quote. That was really good, Joanna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, it's even hard to be like, I do own my own business and I am an entrepreneur, but I don't, I don't, you know, it's yeah. like, and yeah, to be like, yeah, well, I work for myself. People are like, oh my gosh. It, yeah. It's, mm. yeah, it's cool. And also, <laughs> people don't know how to respond to it. They so. sure don't. Yeah. Or when you say, 
and we've talked about this in other episodes. So I'm Robin, uh, Robin, I wonder what your experience with this, like sharing with family and just like confidants or peers or other people, like I'm a therapist. And then the responses you get, like, you know, Joanna and I've gotten like, oh, a physical therapist. Oh, you, <laughs> or your massage therapist, like all these guesses, like, like part of their mind wants them so badly to not learn that you were like a psychotherapist, <laughs> you're potentially, uh, you know, cracking into the caverns of their mind. So I'm wondering what kind of responses you get from people when you tell them what you do. I think, uh, so my parents are like super on board for it. I'll say, I'll say that <laughs> it's like outside of that, the responses I've gotten, not the, let's see. I've, I remember it was years ago. I was telling somebody, um, extended family member person and they're like, so you take kids away. Right. Oh. Um, somebody else in the family was like, could you actually make a living off of that? You know, and, then, and I'm going outside of like what, cause especially like one side of family, very academic doctors, engineers, attorneys, teachers, you know, like mm-hmm. um, those are the, the four things, you know? <laughs> um, and then I actually stopped just telling people like, every, like whoever I meet, I actually stopped telling people I was a therapist at some mm-hmm. point. Um, and when I'm, when I'm with other therapists and they share it, I'm like, you know, cause I don't, I'm like, I don't want anybody to, I just don't want to get into the conversation sometimes, um, you know, about it, but yeah, I've received some really like interesting, interesting feedback on it. And then that was just being a therapist. That wasn't even saying I'm actually my own boss. That was like yeah. way before, <laughs> you know, so let's see what happens this winter um you know <laughs> they'll throw it out there to see responses i get probably yeah. a lot of like fear they're probably going to be scared <laughs> just like, thinking, like you gonna be i'm okay? some sort of shark yeah. now like swimming around in the water it's like oh it's like yeah. 7 like, p.m also, and they're sharks now you know <laughs> but also i think fear because like and my family too like you do what is a given that would be stable yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You go into these fields, you just get your paycheck. Like for them, like to lessen anxiety is like, there's a lot of like money anxiety, mm-hmm. like money, you know, fear. Oh, yeah. And then, so to be an entrepreneur, I think there, there is a risk with that. Or I say like an investment, I kind of, I pretty much invested in myself to do this. And, um, but that's very like unknown territory, I think for those that I know. Um, so there's, there's the fear of like, is she going to be okay? Like, is she going to make it? Like, I feel like that's maybe what's going to be running through their minds you know, when really it's like, yeah, I think you're completely right. And again, for, as I do every episode, I totally blame like TV and movies because we have this image of an entrepreneur, like this, like snapshot of them, like in a empty rented space that they don't have enough money to fill. And they're just like in the red constantly. And they're trying again, this Mm -hmm. is like, cause we don't picture entrepreneurs as like people that could just like work virtually or have an Etsy shop. We think of them as owning a small store that is struggling constantly. Like they're hustling, (laughs) hustling. They're you know, they're yes. not wearing onesies. They're um, not wearing onesies. They don't see family ever. They're only yeah. ever thinking and talking about work. And that existence yeah. absolutely still does happen for folks. But yeah, Robin, totally. Yeah. Like, yeah, and that's why it's family weird to and tell them, <laughs> Yes, them picturing us just like. But you look normal. Straight like, suffering yes. constantly. <laughs> yeah, like I, I know one person was very concerned for me. Because like mm-hmm. I'm wor- I was working from home because we were right, and st- mm-hmm. I still am for the most part. So that was unusual, right? I'm not showing up to work. I'm not driving somewhere, and I only work four days a week. That is it. You know, very not what I think people would think, right? Or those yeah. who when they think entrepreneur and owning your own business, it's like 
I'm doing that also. That's, that's like, that's a benefit. I can work four days and like yeah. have like a three day weekend all the time. Like, and they're like, huh? They're very confused. And they're like, but what about that all that time that you're not working? You could just be making money then. It's like, hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah which i'm also a person again we could talk yeah. for hours <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh i love it so much no it's been I, I just is also bringing up because i now i take care of my child in the day um and then i work two nights a week and then every other weekend so it's like very especially when i meet other new moms it's like weird to be like okay well i guess i am i am a stay-at-home mom and i also work from home but also not in the way that you think, like, it's, it's very strange. It's been like a weird explanation I've had to give a couple times. Yeah. Our obsession with the binary is showing. Mm-hmm. Cover it up. Alrighty. So Robin, I'm wondering if there's any other awesome nuggets of knowledge that you'd like to share or experience before we, you know, wrap this up. What I would have to say, I guess too, this may be even for those that like, maybe are also outside of our field that might be listening you know, Mm -hmm. potentially too, um, is that it doesn't have to like get really bad to reach out for help or to talk to somebody. And I think that is something I hear all the time. I know with an API, there's a lot of comparison to not just to successes, but generally, generationally what people have gone through. It's like your experience is still valid how you're feeling and that struggle is still valid. It's also okay for you to talk to somebody or to reach out or explore what that may be like. It doesn't have to get bad to that breaking point, quote unquote, for you to, for it to be okay for you to like reach out. And that's the biggest thing. You heard it here. That was, love it. I put you on the spot and you took the spot. That was great. (laughs) Thank you. Are there any right. resources that you'd like to share with us or like cool books? We didn't even talk about your podcasts. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah. Feel free to give us a couple spiels. Yeah. yeah. Spiel away. <laughs> so as far as for resources, um, I have 90 something blogs on my website. Mm. I feel like nice. since 2018. So it's robintamanahatherapy.com. So that's free. A lot of it's about depression, bipolar disorder. I'm going to start incorporating more on OCD in the coming months. Um, so that's all free. Right. And then also free are my podcasts. So books between sessions, which I am starting up again, I interview authors who have written books about mental health and mental illness. And we talk about it, as you can see behind me, I have a lot of books. I Um, I really appreciate how they are arranged too. And it's by color. And I really like that. And there's two more bookcases too. I just can't stand. Um, So I have a ton of books. So that's like my love. And then the other podcast, which started this year is open mind night. And that one it's, not just professionals, it's not authors, although sometimes they may have written a book, but it's in general, like professionals, educators, um, therapists, psychiatrists who provide service, mental health services, but then also um, individuals who have lived experience with mental health and mental illness. So we just talk openly, you know, about what they're doing, what their experience was, and that's also a great resource. So all those things are free. So I'd say check those out. I think I have a old old episode in the beginning of books between sessions it was just me talking and um there is an episode where i'm going over bipolar disorder books actually so some yeah so and there's the instagram for all of those too so i used to do lives all the time we'll link Uh, them all in the show notes listener listener thank you (laughs) 
Right, well, well, Robin, thank you yeah. so much for being on our show. Like what a pleasure it was. Thank you for sharing your resources with us. And yeah, thank, thank you for just like killing it. We appreciate it. Yeah. Aww. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, like just also just breaking that stigma of bipolar disorder. Cause it's like, yeah, it's just not fair. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. This was, uh, this was super fun. All right. Thank you for listening to the show. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. You can check us out on Instagram at TNDPod, on Twitter at TNDPod1, when it's in the number one, or visit our website at TNDPodcast.com. You would like early access to full interviews, history lessons, a private community, and so much more. Head on over to our head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash TNDPodcast. You can also email us questions if you've got them. It's at therapistsnextdoor at gmail.com. If you would like to be on the show, you can find the interview request form in our Instagram bio. And all of these things are in the show notes. I love linking and they're there. That's love hyperlinking. Hyperlinking. Oh, hyperlinking is so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can find me on, (laughs) you can find me on Instagram, uh, teletherapy with Sarah. You can find me. It's not that exciting there. It's cool. I don't know. I make some cool stuff. You can find my exciting website, uh, teletherapywithsarah.com forward slash blog for a monthly, sometimes twice monthly, but let's be real. Monthly blog posts <laughs> for millennial and G- uh, Gen-, Gen Z struggles, uh, anti-capitalist and anti-exploitation lifestyle. Yeah. I'm also going to be, I was interviewed for an article on livestrong.com um, recently oh, yeah. about productivity guilt, which yeah, so that's going to be coming up soon. Check that out. It's not uh, out yeah, yet, but it should be out by yeah, the time. So. That'll yeah, be yeah, linked. Yeah. Hell yeah, that'll, Ooh, be, that'll linked. be linked. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah. I'm already linking it right now. I mean, not really, it's, but like, as we're like saying, emotionally, it, I'm linked. linking it. Yeah. Emotionally, we're linking it. And I'm, <laughs> I'm tying my hair tighter and tighter as we talk. I'm not upset. I'm not nervous about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, you'll, you'll see. I mean, the website is like fitness and health and wellness. So I was like, okay, I don't love. I don't love this topic, but I'm happy to come into any den and speak about the truth. So yeah, Trina, what do you got? Yes, that's so cool. I'm so proud of you. Um, this is the first I'm hearing of it. So like, yes, I am emotionally linking to it. Yeah, I guess check out all my links in my bio. Um, I'm starting doing walk, walk and talk therapy. So if you end up finding where I live and like what neighborhood I live in, in that place, I mean, I think it's like, I do live in Philly. So if you happen to live in the neighborhood I live in in Philly, that's an option for therapy and it's really fun. Um, It's really cool. And I will walk in the cold. So it does sound so cool. And it sounds like clients are getting a lot from it. I'm so excited that you're doing that. All right, Joanna. Well, I guess listeners, until next time, (laughs) we We are your therapists therapists next next door. door. Nice. Bye.